Oh, we'll have cake to celebrate after, after the service. But So we're thinking about the church. We're thinking about the birthday of the church when the Holy Spirit came and, it was imp- and the church was empowered to, to do what God had wanted them to do, to go and to share the good news all about Jesus. But the question that we're going to be thinking about today and, and over the weeks to come is, what is the church? Is the church this building? Is the church what's happening now, this thing that we're doing on a Sunday? Is the church uh, an institution like a school or a hospital? What is the church? You are the church. You are the church. The church is the people of God lit by the Holy Spirit like the candles on top of that cake. So we're going to hear again uh, the Pentecost story now. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came in from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. They separated and came to rest on each of them. Stayed there for quite a while on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Staying in Jerusalem, God fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, when they heard the sound, a crowd together, a crowd together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, 
They asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native tongue? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them. They've had too much wine. they had too much wine. Then, Peter stood up, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose them to be. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above. And signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hooray! 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 Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, we shall do this, but what shall we do? Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, and 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 all of you. And for your children, and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them. And he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to the number that day. That, friends, is God's word. Thanks be to God. So let's uh, 
Let's reflect on this story a little bit together, shall we? If we want to find out what the church really is and really is meant to be, we have to go back to that amazing story of Pentecost. And so we're going to see that the church is a community of people who are conceived by the Holy Spirit, who live out, who live by the promise of God, who live out the presence of God, and who live in the power of Jesus. Live by the promise of Jesus, live out the presence of Jesus, live in the power of Jesus. Now, Pentecost, first of all, tells us that to be the church means to live by the promise of Jesus. And very often, promises mean waiting. Who finds waiting easy? Nope. I don't find waiting easy. We have to wait for all sorts of things in our lives. What kind of things do we, might we have to wait for? So buses, yep. Payday, yes, amen. Um, wait, wait to get a payment, uh, a refund back from HMRC. Always comes out quickly enough. Um, the saying goes, doesn't it? The good things come to those who wait. And there are lots of things, good things, that we might have to wait for. Payday, the weekend, a birthday, a holiday, Christmas. Most of us don't find waiting easy. But before Jesus went back to be with Father God in heaven, he gave them a promise. And then he told them to wait and pray, pray and wait until it came true. Jesus promised that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit in the same way that John baptized people with water. Well, what was John doing to baptize people? Do you remember? He was dunking them in the River Jordan. Not a little sprinkling. He was dunking them in the Jordan. That's how you're going going to be with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be plunged into the Holy Spirit. So they waited and prayed and waited and prayed and prayed and waited and prayed and waited. Not just one day or two days or three days. Or even a whole week. But after nine days of waiting and praying, praying and waiting, the Holy Spirit came. The wind of the Spirit blew through the room where they were staying. The fire of God's presence, like at the burning bush, lit them all like candles on a cake. And verse 4 of Luke's telling of the story says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. No half measures, filled. Plunged beneath the Spirit's waves. Have you been plunged beneath the Spirit's waves? The church is born out of 
prayerful waiting on God. Prayer, seeking to take hold of Jesus' promise to us. Prayer, wanting Jesus' presence with us. Prayer, knowing that we need Jesus' power within us. To be the church is to live by Jesus' promise to drench us with his spirit. And Jesus didn't want his disciples to do anything until they were drenched with his spirit. So friends, will we wait and pray? Pray and wait until we are filled with the spirit. Not a rhetorical question. I hope we will. And the second thing Pentecost tells us is that to be the church is to live out the presence of Jesus. This group of people filled with the Spirit is how Jesus continues to be present in the world. When Jesus told his friends that they were to continue his work by going into all the world and make more people his friends and followers, he gave them another promise. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. But how could Jesus be with his Father God in heaven and with us always on earth? By coming to live in us by his Spirit. In John's Gospel, just before Jesus died, he prepared his friends who had given up everything to follow him for a time when he would no longer be with them as he had been up until then. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. A little while later, he said, even more confusingly, I tell you, it's for your good that I go away. Jesus' friends must have asked themselves, how could this be true? What could possibly be better than having Jesus beside us all the time? The only thing that could be better than having Jesus beside us all the time is having Jesus inside us all the time. That's what Jesus said. I will come to you, he said. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate, another helper to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, you know him for he will live with you and will be in you. Now, imagine Jesus lighting a lot of candles today. Possibly used it too much. Imagine Jesus, like the flame of this candle. Whilst Jesus was on earth, he could only be in one place at one time, just like all of us. But what if Jesus... We're to spread his light to us. And then we were to spread it again to others. Suddenly, the same Jesus can be in many places at once by living in us, 
by his Spirit. And you know what? When Luke begins his story of the, of the church in Acts, he writes this. In my former book, Theophilus, Theophilus is the person he's writing for, I wrote about all the things Jesus began to do and teach. He began, so he's still doing it through the church, through people who are filled with his spirit, through people in whom Jesus lives now. And the third thing that the Pentecost tells us is that to be the church is to live by the power of Jesus. Jesus gives us a job to do that we can only do with his power, not our own. Jesus' last words to his friends were, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Jesus wanted his friends to carry on working to bring God's loving rule to earth. Jesus wanted his friends to tell everyone the good news that they could be friends with God. Jesus wanted his friends to teach people how to live the way God knows works best. But he knew that they couldn't do it alone. So he said that they had to wait until they were clothed with power from on high. Now, I've been having problems with this torch for a while. I wonder if anyone can come help me. Do you, do you think you can come make this work? Anyone? Go on, Matt. Do you think you can make this work, Maddie? Go on, have a, have a try. Why don't, we, why, don't, why don't we say it together? We say one, two, three, light up. Okay, let's see if that works. One, two, three, light up. No, not, okay. How about we say it, ask it to try harder, okay? One, two, three, try harder. No, still, still not working. Okay, oh well. Right, well that's a, that's a problem, isn't it? It's not working. Why do you think it's not working? It doesn't have any batteries in it, you're right. Now it's working. And it's the same with us. No matter how, it doesn't matter how much we try, how hard we try, we can only do what Jesus wants us to do with his spirit, his power in us. We can only be the church that Jesus wants us to be when his power is the power that works through us. And when Jesus was arrested, all of his friends ran off and de deserted him. Do you remember what Peter did on the, on, on the day that Jesus were, was arrested? Uh, anyone remember? What did he do? Yeah? That's right. He said, I wasn't Jesus' friend. And do you remember what happened to Jesus on the day of Pentecost? He jumped up on that chair. I'm sure it was just like that. And he told everyone that Jesus was alive told everyone the most important thing is to know Jesus. And that day, 3,000 people became friends of Jesus, part of the church family. Now, do you think that was just because of Peter's skill as a preacher? 
No. Because the Holy Spirit was in him. And it's true for any sermon. Any good sermon, it's only because the Holy Spirit is in it. Any good ministry, it's only because the Holy Spirit is in it. If we're to show the world and to tell the world the good news that Jesus is King, we need the Holy Spirit to live and work in us. To change us from the inside out and make us more like Jesus. To help us shine like stars in the midst of a dark world. To give us the courage to go and say that we're friends of Jesus and that knowing him is the best thing in the world. The church is to live in the power of Jesus, not our own power. But this gift of the Holy Spirit wasn't just for Jesus' first friends and followers. It's for all of us. All of us today. It's from the youngest, like Jonah and Benjamin. I'm not going to say to the oldest here. <laughs> I'm just not going to name them. That's, the, that's more what it is. But it is for the oldest and the youngest today as well. And how can you and I receive the Holy Spirit, do you think, today? Asking. Isn't that what they did for those 10 days between the Ascension and Pentecost? They asked for the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so, just as we come to a close now, let's just spend some time in prayer. Let's ask for the Holy Spirit to come and fill us afresh. And uh, there's nothing magical about this, but you might just find it helpful just to put your hands out open in front of you, as, uh, expecting, as if you're expecting to receive a gift. You don't have to. It just sometimes helps, just as a way of saying that we're ready to receive. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for your promise to be with us always. Fill us with your spirit. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. We want your presence to live and to work in us as the king of our hearts. Fill us with your spirit. Lord Jesus, we need your power if we're to show and to tell the world about you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit. Fill us. Flood us. Overwhelm us. Overrule us. Transform us. And use us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come like a fire and set us ablaze with love for the Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, like a wind and sweep away all the old life. Blow through the change of becoming more like Jesus.
Come, Holy Spirit, be the wind in these sails. Amen. Amen. So as, uh, as we're, we're going to have a, a time just to, to respond in, in, in different ways to this story and to God's word to us. Uh, and uh, there are a few different ways that we can do this. So one, uh, you might just want to continue just in an attitude of prayer, just prayerfully uh, silent before God, just waiting on, on him and on the, uh, asking uh, God to fill you with more of his spirit. Uh, you might like to, to, to sing. There'll be a, a song that plays in a little bit. You might just like to listen to the words, or if you know it, to join in. Uh, you might want to just turn to, turn to someone next to you and just share something about what strikes you in the Pentecost story, what's challenging or helpful. You might just like to quietly reflect, what might God be saying to me this morning, and what might I be, uh, do about it? Or you might like to, where is it? Uh, if you're creative, it might help you just to, to, to make a, an, an origami windmill like this to remind us that we need the Spirit's wind to fill us, to remind us that we want to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to have a, about five minutes now to, to respond in different ways. Uh, if you want to do the, the, the origami windmill, they're, they're, they're over there. Uh, otherwise, uh, just respond to God in any way that's best for you.